welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Discussing Who. And this particular episode is going to be about none other than the Justice League movie that came out this weekend. And, well, not sure when you're listening to us, but if you're listening to us in November of 2017 and the last week right before Thanksgiving, we've just seen the Justice League. And who is we? None other than myself, Kyle Jones, and the impossible co-host himself, Clarence Brown. Yo, yo, what's up, man? What's going on? It's Justice League. What um, can't can't say anything bad about this movie, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you can say some bad things, but overall, I think we're pretty positive on it. I, I think so. I, you know, before uh, we started recording, I made a promise to Clarence that I am going to keep this review of the movie completely positive so <laughs> it's so, possible while, while cal will keep the review of this movie positive i'm sure we'll hear plenty of digs toward the last movie and not the last movie meaning wonder woman but the last last team up movie we have from dc that you know cal uh, has mentioned in every review since that movie came out and I kid you not. I'm not sure of which movie you're talking about. Let's just take a drink for the amount of times Kyle has mentioned the movie that shall not be named and we would be stoned out right here. What movie would that have been? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Which which one are you talking about? Oh, I can't remember. Well, ma- Wonder it- Woman? No. No. We, uh, Thor Rock? <laughs> no. Uh, well, well, uh, well, maybe. maybe Doctor movie- Strange? <laughs> Maybe this movie has managed to, uh, you know, wash that, that taste out of your mouth and, and set you on a brighter path. Uh, <laughs> Civil War, Ca- Captain America Civil War. Oh, must we go on? Must we go on? <laughs> Star, uh, Star Trek. I mean, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. No. Darn it. I keep thinking, like, uh, but then again, I don't want to, like, keep this, uh, entire podcast go into dawn and i don't want to like bore the audience so i won't even go into like you know uh like having like two icons fighting each other or something like that so we won't even go there so let me ask you a question yeah man what you got batman what do you think of him oh. well, well well actually you know what i need to do something i completely uh uh, you know, I was spending so much mental energy trying to th- remember the name of that boring movie uh, that you were talking about that I forgot to say. So much if for the you, positive review. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I'm talking about this movie. But for anyone who has not seen Justice League, put us on pause. We'll not go anywhere. We'll, you know, stay in uh, infinity until you come back. But put us on pause. Go out and watch the movie Come back, listen, because from this point forward, spoilers. 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 All right, so, my friend, Batman, going back to the question that I asked you just a minute ago. Ben Affleck, Batman, second time in the cape and cowl. What did you think? Uh, yeah, uh, well, actually, third time for me because I actually saw um, uh, Suicide Squad. Ah, oh, that's right. And he was. I forgot about that. Yeah, but um, the older, gruffy, um, hardened Batman, portrayed by Ben Affleck, um, in the 
first movie, I admit it was a lot off-putting with that. And, and, you know, of course, a lot of backstory that we didn't get, get to actually see in that movie, uh, Batman v Superman. But he's kind of growing on me and he's much more likable in this iteration. Uh, way more lighthearted. And he even got a few quips in there in this movie, which, uh, I guess we should, we'll, we'll get to at some point. This movie, brought the funny not 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 as good as uh thor ragnarok but they certainly uh tried their best and yeah i'm I'm loving the ben affleck batman so far and you know i guess we can speak to the rumors that are out now where uh there are rumors that jake gyllenhaal has been you know kind of looking or auditioning or doing something talks i guess is the right word to possibly replace ben affleck going forward I kind of feel like I want to stay with this older, gruffy Ben Affleck Batman. Uh, he, he, like I said, he's really growing on me. What about you, man? All right. So here's my thought. I feel, or I felt like watching it, and and, and I really didn't notice what the difference was until listening to you just then. I didn't feel that they portrayed him as old as they portrayed him in that other movie. I, you know. I, I agree with you that they lightened him up in his tone and his demeanor. He wasn't such a uh, grumpy Batman, if you will. I mean, he was still Batman and, I'm, you know, he wasn't campy in any way, but he he just didn't seem so grumpy. I mean, I, you know, that, for lack of a better yeah, word, I mean, he just seemed better. Yeah, I don't know, because he, he did feel just as old to me in this movie as he did in the last one. And and maybe it's due to, um, I guess, that one run-in he had with, with Soups that, um, that you know, left him beaten and, and limping and, and battered a bit. But I do feel he, he still felt older to me. But for some for some reason that works for me. I don't know why. Yeah, I I'm 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 not sure why it worked for me this time with him, but I I didn't dislike him as Batman this time. I mean, I I you know, and I said, you know, when we were talking about the other movie, I said by the end of the movie, he changed my perception within five minutes of how I portray or how I looked at his Batman. So I gave Ben Affleck credit for being able to take somebody that I had disliked as Batman throughout the entire movie and toward the end made me like him. So having said that, he continued on that same path and I found, you know, just to be Batman. But I have a question of you, you know, for you regarding Batman and I was reading some uh, tweets today and they were talking about what you said about the possible recasting of Batman. And I think that it was the comic artist. And I hope that I am remembering the right artist who made the comment because it was a very good comment, but it was, I believe it was Phil uh, Jimenez or Jimenez that um, I hope I got his name correct. Uh, Very great artist, very good storyteller, but he had, um, made a comment saying when you talk of Batman changing or the actor changing, it's not as a big of a deal if, let's say, you recast Wonder Woman and you or if you recast Superman. Do you 
agree with that? And if so, why do you think that is that it's not such a big deal for Batman? Oh, I I beg to differ. I totally agree. disagree with that. Um, mainly because we are already attuned to having different people step into the role as Batman. You know, though I like Ben Affleck now and I don't really want him to go. He's growing on me. Batman has been one of the characters that's been around consistently for the longest that I can remember. And we've seen many, many faces done, done, uh, done Bruce Wayne. So, you know, if he changes, I would, I wouldn't like it, but I feel like, you know, he'd be the quickest one I'd be on board to, to see a different face. You know, he's, he, he's, he's in the cape, you know, of course, of course, in this, these movies, we've seen a lot of Bruce Wayne and, and most Batman proper movies, you do see a lot of Bruce Wayne, but you know, the mask is part of the thing that makes him iconic. And to see somebody like Superman or Wonder Woman, where the face is so much a part of, of the character, you know, at this point, it would be harder for me to transition to a different one of those characters versus a Batman. Again, like to where we used to seeing different people play Batman. You know, I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong with that. No, I agree with you. And it's interesting how you said the mask, because I, I remember reading at some point, and, and this has pretty much stayed with me for you know quite a while now. And I may have even mentioned this before on this podcast, which is. A lot of people look at the difference between Batman and Superman as being what I'm about to say. With Superman, he is Clark Kent who who puts on a disguise to be Superman to protect his identity. On the flip side, the disguise for Batman is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> he, he is inherently Batman. That is his identity. But it is Bruce Wayne that he uses to, as a means of still interacting, you know, with, you know, everyone. So the disguise in, in many ways is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like I say, like at this point, you know, just pivoting off of, of Bruce to, to Wonder Woman and Soups again, like, Gal Gadot has become an icon, really, in the role of Wonder Woman. And a large part of that is that face, <laughs> you know. I mean, just like you were back in the day with Linda Carter, uh, Carter, a lot of it is the look when, when those characters, they're, even as superheroes, you see the face. And the face is kind of what connects you with that, you know. You yeah, see, I, I, I agree. No, I, I was just saying that, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's uh that that's a good a good uh a good thing to look at, but I, I really hope they don't recast them. You know, at least keep them around for like a few more films, I say. All right, so you mentioned Wonder Woman and I wanna hold off on Superman for just a minute, uh really getting into de- depth with him. Well but you uh huh, go ahead. I just wanna say one more thing about uh bats before we move on. <laughs> I like the part where again when he kinda got beat up <laughs> by, by Superman, so to speak. And I like how they actually showed, even though it probably didn't make much sense if you go back and dissect it, but I did like how they showed him taking off parts of his uh, costume. You know, his, oh, yes. his cow that he pulled, right. pulled that off, and then you saw the bottom part of the suit, which, you know, when he's in it, it kind of looks like it may be 
leather or something, but you know, it was just like material. You saw it on him. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty cool how they showed like different parts of his suit kind of unfolding. I don't know if I've seen that before in a Batman movie, but, but I thought that was really cool. All right. So let me ask you this about Batman. Let's stick around on Batman for a second. You know, I respect the character for being such a brilliant detective and being as smart as he is and being able to do the things that he can to be on a team where he is the only one who is relying on his athletic, you know, his athletic abilities that he's honed for himself. But he is still just a human, just like you and I are as compared to a demigod to an alien, to a cyborg, to a, uh, Atlantean to, you know, someone who can run fast and whatever. So how do you think that, you know, it's almost like you have to suspend even more realistic realism per se. And I know that's not a, a good word or whatever to understand how Superman can hit him just like he hit Wonder Woman, yeah. but not break every bone in his body. Well, he bruised him up, bruised him up pretty good, but, but, you know, I, th- I think Batman sort of has the same problem that, um, when I look at, um, uh, Black Widow and, and, um, what's the arrow guy? Um, uh, Green Arrow. Yeah. No, no, not Green Arrow. What's and Oh, Hawkeye. 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 Yeah. Hawkeye. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Green Arrow too. How'd <laughs> you make the point? But I, I look at them as characters who, are shouldn't be able to hang with the rest of the alum that they're alongside, you know, and, and Batman um, makes up for it. I'll say his smarts, but in the movie, uh, <laughs> the flash acts, uh, asks him the question, uh, what do you do? And he's like, I'm rich, you know, yeah. so. what's your superpower? <laughs> I'm rich. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool, but you know, I mean, it's always weird, but again, his intellect kind of helps him, last or survive or fight alongside these other characters notice in this movie is many it, it does have some problems you know as far as i think the last act but notice in this movie where he doesn't get into crap he know he doesn't have a chance of surviving and i found that really cool how they just seeming seemingly purposely kept kept them away from stuff that you know if he actually got into he would not, you know, make it <laughs> pretty easily. He would die. So I, I find it pretty cool how being the smart character he is, he stayed away from situations. He know that he didn't have a chance. So and and you made me think of something that I've never even noticed before. But maybe that is the part of what you said. The smart of Batman is knowing when to send Superman in and him stay behind the steel wall. Yeah. Yeah. To, as self-preservation. To some degree. And I'm not meaning that as like, oh, he's scared, but it's being smart enough to know, uh, I would be shattered to pieces, but this, but this person won't be. Yeah. I mean, in, in this movie, he was very much like the leader, uh, directing people to do different things. I think I'm thinking about that first encounter when they go to rescue the hostages from Stephen Wolf that he, you know, he tells Flash to do this and, and, you know, he kind of, it says, I'm going to go off and do this other thing while you guys go <laughs> take go a minute this. You know, so, right. so it, it makes sense. You know, it, he he's definitely showing his smarts in this movie. And, you know, it's it's funny because it's a, really a different side of Batman that I haven't seen up until now. You know, to see him work with other people, it seems it feels kind of weird, but it's kind of cool at the same time. 
<laughs> no, you're right because on even in television, other than uh, the cartoons, which I don't think you really watch much of them, right? No, no, I don't. So uh, you, you're right. Anything you've seen, the most he's ever had may have been Cat you know Woman. Batgirl and Robin. Well, Catwoman, he worked and Catwoman. Yeah. So you know. yeah, he doesn't really work with teams. He if you. Just think about the character. He feels like a loner and he mostly is. So just cool to see him working out in the field with other people. I thought that was pretty fantastic. Okay. So speaking of working out in the field with other people, let's go and talk about the amazing Amazon herself, Wonder Woman. Oh, man. You know what? You know, we just talk about Batman being smart in his intellect. Man, you know. What really surprised me in the Wonder Woman movie about Gal Gadot's character um, is that they really showed how smart she was. And I was very surprised by that. Uh, that may come from me just not knowing enough about the Wonder Woman character or something. But I love how smart she is. And we get this one scene where Bruce and, and, and uh, Diana are out by a lake talking and and um. Is it Victor? What's his name? Um, yeah, yeah, Victor. Yeah, Victor. Uh, he's like in the shadows hiding, and I don't think none of them see him. But like later, she references him that, okay, I saw you in the in the woods hiding, looking at us. You know, she's just an extremely smart character, and that's one of the things I really, really love about her. And man, that first scene that we see of her in this movie, we actually saw parts of it in the trailer, but man, she just comes in and kicks tail. I know you were loving that part. <laughs> no, I did. And and the whole thing of how fast she met. Well, for 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 one thing, you know, you see her when the first time you see her, she's on this big, huge statue. And uh, I'm thinking she's in England and it's it's on the scales of justice. And, you know, that's one of the things that she's always been about is truth and whatever. So she's, you know, on this big statue and then she flies in and she saves these people uh, from this bomb, which uh, was really, really cool. But the whole uh, way that she's saving all of them with with one uh, bracelet from being shot because the guy I was sitting there thinking when I was watching it, I'm actually kind of shocked, but I'm glad they presented it anyway. But I was kind of shocked that I figured that would have been probably something they might would have cut from the movie, considering how many shootings, you know, you've had. But, yeah, I I, I, I still like the way I mean, I thought it was great how they did it and how she protected everyone. Yeah. What, what do you think of them not actually showing her flying in this movie? We do see that at the end of the Wonder Woman movie. I thought we would see at least some of her flying in this movie. But to my recollection, we didn't see any at all. She didn't, and for that matter, did we? Well, we saw Superman flying. Oh yeah, plenty of that. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I'm looking at it, I guess, from the budget, um, and she's got so much other things that she can do visually with the lasso and with the, you know, with the bracelets, with yeah. especially with having the power now to, you know, release the energy by, um, you know clanging the bracelets together. Yeah. So um, I guess with him, the only thing he can do is fly and hit people and do other, you know, his other 
Hey, we, I, saw, I, we, we saw some 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 heat vision and some uh, frost breath in there as well, which was really cool. But 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 <laughs> but 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 back to, back to Wonder Woman for a second. Um, did you see a little bit? I'm curious to see if you noticed this or or if it was just me. Did you see that some of that innocence that she had a hundred years ago in that first movie? They didn't portray that this time. That that you know, kind of little bit of naivete that she didn't have this time. Well, I mean, they do play or mention this as being sort of a big part of the movie when she's talking to Cyborg and talking about conquering fear that, you know, ever since those events of World War One, she's kind of just been lingering in the shadows and hasn't really come out to be that beacon of hope for other people. She's just been laying low, you know, so maybe the result of her being less, you know, timid or shy, or whatever, um, is the result of her being around here for what, 60 years, 70 years living amongst the humans. And, um, maybe she's just shed all that and ready to come out and, you know, be the hero she's supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just like the fact that they totally basically ignored that naivete. Because, like you just said, it was a hundred years later. So, you know, I just felt like she had not necessarily matured because she's older anyway, but the whole idea of she's been in the world, she's experienced the world, and she's seen the world change that, and, and the events of the Wonder Woman movie, made that go away. So I thought it was good character development, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, and what I don't like, really, <laughs> I mean, this is not a knock and Wonder Woman, but I don't like how we didn't really go back to see what happened on Themyscira. Um, of course, they did the torchlight thing, so she saw the burning thing on TV that let her know that Stephen Wolf had, had attacked the, the island, but we never went back to see th- that I can remember, you know. No, we didn't. No, you're yeah. right. We didn't. Yeah, so maybe that's something they're setting up for Wonder Woman 2 to, um, you know, kind of see the fallout of that because we just never go back. It's just like they get decimated, people get killed, a lot of people. And we just never go back. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Well, speaking of someone else that didn't go back either was someone who made his debut as not just a brief image cameo, whatever, being Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. Cal Drogo. Um, what's the guy's name? I can't remember the actor's name. <laughs> uh, uh, Okay, if you hadn't have said Cal Drogo, I would remember <laughs> Jason Momoa. Yeah, Jason Momoa, uh, 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 Stargate, um, Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, um, you know what? They managed to make one of the, and you know, don't bla- I'm speaking for the blasphemy for me here, so don't be mad at me, people who are Aquaman fan- fans. Cheesiest characters ever in all of comic books forever in history. <laughs> <laughs> they managed to make Aquaman freaking cool, man. He's freaking awesome. I agree. And it was interesting considering the fact that when we were talking about Justice League on our way to Memphis Saturday, you made a comment saying something to the effect, well, how can they, how are they going to be able to make um, Aquaman relevant w- without water? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, 
a big plot point. His, you know, I guess Atlantis, they didn't really say, I guess it was Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah. It had, had a big part in the, um, these, these box cute, was it a, uh, mother boxes, mother boxes spread all across the, the, the world. And, um, though we only got a brief, what, maybe 15, 10 minutes of Atlantis, um, and you're going to have to tell me who was the girl who was keeping the kingdom alive while he's been off being a bad boy. Um, maybe you can tell me, I don't know who that character was. Her name is Mira and she is his wife. I will be his will wife. Be his wife. Yeah. I, I like how they set up the backstory about how I guess he was kind of the outcast son. And, that is correct. And and is that canon or is that, that no? That is completely canon. Oh wow, wow! So it's sort of like you know he's pulling a um, he's pulling a, a six doctor. He doesn't want to be president. He's just <laughs> he's running around and doesn't want to go back home. And um, or is it the fifth doctor? I'm thinking of Peter Davison. Yeah, yeah, fifth doctor. Yeah. So so I mean I think that's pretty cool how he's kind of the bad boy. And he's very much the bad boy, how he's portrayed. And, you know, the brief moments we got of Atlantis, uh, I think it's believable. Although, although I didn't think the CG was the best, I do think it was believable and I really liked it. And, you know, I thought they did a good job of showing, of portraying him swimming and, 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 um, the whole fight I thought was pretty cool, though at times kind of hard to keep up with. I think they may have to do a bit of work with the camera, uh, for the real movie to make it a little more presentable. But, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what we get. Yeah. I like the fact that it's what you said. He wasn't generic. He wasn't, um, just so for, for lack of a better word, boring as yeah. what uh aquaman could have been because i mean i i think back to super friends on saturday mornings uh <laughs> back when i was a kid back when you were basically a baby or not even born yet basically uh and seeing him literally uh you know, riding around on a starfish or, you know, having some kind of seahorse that he's riding around on. And then you see the boom, 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 you know, the, yeah. the aquatic telepathy, you know, and that whole cheesiness of it. I really liked how they how they did him. <laughs> yeah. Well, Batman makes the comment. Uh, don't you want to send out a signal to, to your fish or don't you talk to the fishes or something he was saying? And uh, he was like. No, they, I can tell by the wave patterns or something of the tide or something he was saying. So they kind of try to explain it off. And even that they tried to make less cheesy. And it was kind of a joke. They kept, seemed like Batman said it more than once, if I remember correctly. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I did too. I did too. And I think I was actually right about something, which was I said that he would probably use the trident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did. Cool. And yeah, he did because he asked for one thing in order for him to come back to be king or something. And then the next scene we saw him, he had it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yep, I did, too. A um, another thing that I actually liked that they gave him was the quick wit. And he gave some of the best one liners of the entire movie. Oh man, the, 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 uh, the funniest point, uh, in the movie, well, one of the funniest, I would say, 
is when uh, Wonder Woman uh, puts his last her lasso on his leg and he doesn't see it and he's trying to be all bad and hard like yeah we're gonna go out here and kick some tail and blah 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 and he's like I'm so scared I don't know what to do and and they just <laughs> oh you're really pretty <laughs> yeah it, that was so great so great <laughs> well one of my favorite moments with him is when he tells uh, Bruce about so you dress up as a bat. You know, yeah. something like, you know, that's stupid, don't you? Yeah. You know, and then he sees them and says, yep, you look just as stupid as I thought. <laughs> yeah, it was funny to see them kind of play off each other. I thought they had some pretty good chemistry, but I didn't really expect. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just, you know, in this movie, we're seeing Ben Affleck do a bit more interaction than the last movie. So maybe that's just Affleck's acting ability to interact interact with different characters, just kind of, you know, having that charm because he definitely has it with Aquaman and he definitely has it with Gal Gadot and pretty much every character on screen. He, he has that kind of kind of charm going, maybe less so with Superman in this one because, you know, bad blood. So <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it just just the interactions and again Aquaman just fun character like you just said one line was like yeah and all that crap he was saying <laughs> just real fun and and just kind of the the joy or the soul of most of the movie I would say yeah I I agree and another thing that I was not expecting or was totally not expecting was t- whether or not I was going to like the flash oh boy Oh, boy. So with The Flash, I think coming from my point of view, someone who doesn't watch the television show, although I did see, you know, Flash in the previous television show. And I guess it was the 90s. And I've seen some of the newer episodes with this one. Um, You know, I would think that you guys would have a certain amount of scrutiny with the character because, you know, everybody loves The Flash on CW. You know, it's pretty much universal. Right. So I'm going to have to throw that back to you before I make any any statement about it. What did you think of this Flash as opposed to the one you know and love from the CW? So the best way to say that is I totally 100% embrace the idea of there being a multiverse in DC. And, and that is... Definitely, in in no shape, form, or fashion, a cop-out of any way uh, to your question or giving you an answer to your question. However, having said that, hands down, I really like uh, the guy that plays Flash on the TV show. However, embracing the idea that there are other versions of the Flash out there lets me say, okay, I can understand that there might be another version of Barry Allen out there. And therefore, if I well, and, and probably if I didn't like Ezra Miller's rendition of The Flash, I might not be saying this. But having the fact that I did like him makes me say that's just another version of Barry Allen out there with a different personality that worked for me. Yeah. And do we know if the movies actually bring in this concept of multiverse with the TV show? Is that is that's that just your analysis to try to explain away we got another flash. That is my analysis for <laughs> explaining away that we have another flash. My my brain feels happy with that. So if there can be, you know, other Earths on the TV show, this can be one of those other Earths. 
<laughs> Shout out to Smallville. But anyway, I mean, I love how they made Ezra Miller's, Miller's character so green. Because, you yes. know, he's been doing stuff, but he's been doing odd end stuff where nobody's shooting or trying to kill him, as he says. And, um, yeah, we see on the first mission, this guy is mortified. And he's just so, so green. It's hilarious. I mean, even when he runs, you know, when you expect to see Flash running, you expect it to be cool, you know, striding with power and grace. This dude even runs ridiculous. He is so freaking green, man. But that was part of his, uh, to me, and, and I'm not saying that you're not saying this, but but the greenness of the Flash was part of the entire appeal of the character. Oh, no, I loved it. I loved yeah, it. I know. I, I mean, I knew, you, <laughs> I knew you did, and I wasn't saying you didn't. Yeah. But that was one of the things that appealed most to me was he was not a seasoned Flash that was coming in. And, you know, like, okay, well, you know, here I come. It was, okay, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. What do I do? There's, like, people about to be killed. What do I do? What do I do? And and that was one of my favorite lines that Batman did when he told him, you know, just save one. Yeah, yeah. And it you saw where that allowed him to gather up his courage and, you know, put one foot in front of the other and keep going and he builds up this confidence but he did say at some point you know i only push people you know <laughs> i mean i don't know i really really enjoyed this character you know as i go back and think of other superhero movies that i've seen recently he has that same um he has that same mindset or freshness as you know peter parker that we saw in homecoming you know that that young jolly peter parker who who was taking taking his camera out and being so awed by the different superheroes that was basically ezra miller ezra miller's character in the show he was you know green and he was excited to be amongst the team which i thought was just awesome yeah i agree i mean i out of all of them I, I'll be honest, I expected to like him the least because of the fact that I liked the other Flash and it just didn't, I mean, you know, you've heard me on this yeah. podcast complain yeah. over that simple fact right there. That is a testament to Miller's acting for, you know, winning me over and saying, I am cool with seeing you as a movie version of the Flash because from the costume, I've complained about the costume of how it looked. It, I really didn't pay attention to the costume to be brutally honest. Yeah. You know, it was like, okay, well, it was the flash costume, but I wasn't focused on what his costume looked like. I was mo more focused on and not even his speed. It was more so, what are you going to say next? So it was, this was a character to where I was more focused on what Barry Allen is saying as opposed to what the flash is doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He is probably single-handedly the most relatable character in the DC universe right now, other than Wonder Woman relating to women, of course. But he is a very, very, very relatable character. So let me ask you this. It's, it's, it's an interesting way to segue into the next character. But considering how – and I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm really being serious. But considering how – we are connected more to technology in today's society than any age before us. 
how then is uh, the character of Cyborg as he was presented? Is he relatable? Is he not relatable? What were your thoughts about the character? You know, when you talk of this movie being a bit brighter, a bit, you know, lighter than Batman v Superman. If you really, that was the movie yeah. that you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, if you really, Okay, cool. If you really think about it, the tone that Victor Stone presented in this movie, it seems like it would have fit better in Batman v Superman. Cause he was by far the darkest of the superheroes. You know, and part of that is you know, just this other situation that he's going through being dead and brought back by the mother box, I guess. And along with Silas, his father, Silas. And um it's just tough for this guy. You know, Wonder Woman has to try to lift him up because he's in this gutter, man. And he just doesn't know what he's going to do. And part of his therapy, you know, turns out to be being a part of the team. Because he's just like, you know, in this state of, you know, utter loneliness and just not knowing what he's going to do with his life now that he's been declared dead. And, you know, not to mention that his body has been taken over by cybernetics, which apparently change every day. And he's getting new abilities, which cool nod at the end. We see it changes to more cows liking by the end of the movie. Agreed. but but yeah, he's the darkest character among the bunch, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> so I would say as green as the you said the Flash is, equally green, what I say is Cyborg. And um, how, how much do you know or recall about Victor's uh, origin? Um, I mean, just the basics. What do you got? Okay, so they were very true to his um origin now his original origin pre-52 victor was a member of the teen titans he was not a member of the justice league he did years and years and years later join the justice league but was not a founding justice league member uh-huh. having said that the whole thing of him being very smart but also being a star athlete him being in a car accident, him being, uh, you know, uh, damaged or you go ahead. I said, did they even mention a car accident in the movie? They, no, they, they say in they, they go with the new 52, which was he was uh, in an explosion, okay. which which uh, damaged him. And his father used a mother box to help restore him. That's where they give him the connection to the to those mother boxes before it was the father was just a brilliant scientist who used cybernetics to to rebuild his son into a cyborg so there was no you know evolving daily kind of thing well that's cool it makes it a little more plausible actually that he uses the mother box to do this you know kind of very miraculous thing (laughs) so i I do like that explanation a bit more um see i don't because you know, and I said I'm going to be positive. So, that, so I will say that I am less. I have a less positive like to the characters of New Genesis, to the to the characters of Apocalypse, who go into the whole new gods and uh, things that we saw with Mother Boxes and Steppenwolves and you know all of that. I'm not a very m- big fan of those characters. Well, I mean, 
part of the things that I think works for the new whole new gods thing is that no normal villain has any chance whatsoever against anybody from the Justice League. I mean, with the exception of Batman, maybe that these characters are basically God heroes roaming around Earth. And unless they are fighting somebody equally as, as powerful, you know, it's it's not even it's not even what we're seeing in the movie. You know, you know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? No, I see what you're saying. I I'm going to go back to something that Clarence said one time, Uh-oh. which was, you know, it goes back to the writing. You That's you made a, co- a comment not about directing, but about writing. And if you write, you know, a character really, really well and uh, portray the character well, you can be a foil to the strongest character. But, you know, you don't have to be a godlike character yourself. So it goes back to the writing and portrayal and pre- presentation, I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I, I could get with that. So what did you think of Steppenwolf since we were talking about those characters and we've mentioned Steppenwolf? What did you think of him? You know, I think I think he could have used a bit more. Um, well, he had basically none, actually. <laughs> Backstory in the movie. Well, they showed a little bit, you know. <laughs> a minute or two thing about, you know, back in the day when all the Elanians and the, uh, the Muscari, the, the Muscarians, what are they called? Amazon. Amazon. Oh, they just call them Amazon. Why would, I, why would I not remember that? You just said it a minute ago, but Amazons and Elanians and the people Earth kind of coming together to take him on many, many years ago. You know, we got that two, three minute, you know, flashback to that. So that's, that's all the backstory we get from him. That's it. So maybe they're they are expecting people to make connections from the Wonder Woman movie. Uh, what's the character we had in the Wonder Woman movie? Um, uh, Ares. Yeah, Ares, and you know, of course, Zeus. So the old guys. So maybe they're trying to slowly bridge the gap, but I do think it could have stood for a bit more uh, connection. You know, I think a, a new guys movie might even be a. Good oh, absolutely thing. no! Uh, uh-uh. uh, no. You don't uh-uh. think so? I would not go see a new well, God's okay, movie. Okay, okay. No. <laughs> you said you were not going to be a downer in this room. I'm not. I'm very positive that I would but, not but, but, go. But, but, but to say this, we need to establish some type of, of of rapport with these villains. They can't just keep popping in. And we know nothing about them. You know, as much as I like Ares in a Wonder Woman movie, he, you know, he really just popped in and yeah but aries aries is part of the olympian pantheon they have nothing to do with jack kirby's new gods which oh, see, see but you're going into writers and the backstory that i know nothing about so i'm staying away okay from, from, all right, all right i I'm, give you that i'm staying okay. away from who wrote, wrote what and why you don't like who wrote what you know but i'm just saying as far as having a movie even if they would have dedicated an additional 10 movies in the 10 minutes in the beginning to explain a little bit more i thought the movie could have been greatly benefited from all right. So I will say this. The only um, the only new God that has just remotely been tolerable for me is Darkseid or Darkseid, however you want to say it. But the some of these characters, they were just over the top cheesy names. There was Mr. Miracle, Glorious Godfrey, uh, Granny Goodness. Um, yeah, that is cheesy. You know, <laughs> just the whole names of them. uh 
you know, and Mr. Miracle's name was Scott Free, and there was one on one called Big Barda. I mean, just just the just the names of them themselves just kind of irritated me. Well, well, let me ask you this: since we're counting on the villains in DC, of of course we got the hint at what we're going to see in the Batman movie. You know, somebody Batman can handle a little bit more, but. As far as Wonder Woman and and the new Superman movie, if we, if we ever get it, what do you think about what type of villain we'll see? Maybe more so in the case of Wonder Woman, where where we've established that she basically fights gods. Um, what type of villain do you think we'll see in in her movie? All right. Well, we've already seen Doctor Poison, who was a you know character from you know the early days actually of Wonder Woman. I wouldn't mind seeing a character named Cheetah. Um, Her name is Barbara Barbara Minerva. And basically her power set or her origin was there was a – I don't know if it was an Egyptian god or – there was some – She well, this woman was an archaeologist and she came upon some ruins that had some kind of something – that exposed her to this cheetah god, and she became like a, an avatar, which was a, you know, it, it made her into this half woman, half feral cheetah type character. Ah. So, um. Thundercats. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really did. She, she looked a lot like, you know, one of the Thundercats, to be honest. Tatara. So, yeah. No, no, I'm exactly. But, uh, imagine her with a little bit more viciousness. And that was the cheetah. I wouldn't mind seeing her because that's just a classic Wonder Woman villain. Um, yeah, that could be really cool. I'm looking at some of the pictures. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that actually. That could be awesome. You know, I, I don't want it, and I don't want to mean, I don't want to sound sexist here, but I don't want it to be another male, uh, uh, villain. And and not because I don't think Wonder Woman can, you know, go toe to toe with a male villain. She obviously can. She defeated Ares, and this was a male god, yeah. uh, so to speak. But I just think that there are so many female characters that she has in her rogue gallery that that would be cool to see. But then again, you don't want to play the trope of pitting the female against the female, you know. I always find that annoying, but you know, it could, it could work. You know, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and the cool thing about the cheetah character, one, one thing I would say about her is the cheetah personality was very different from Barbara's personality. So she basically, it was almost like a Hulk kind of thing. It was the cheetah did not recognize herself as being Barbara Minerva. Ah. So one of the tragedy of having this vicious, feral villain that was going against Wonder Woman, her someone that Wonder Woman knew that and who she was friends with was literally kind of trapped inside this alternate ego, so to speak. Because she changed back and forth. I think she did, but it wasn't it wasn't like She-Hulk or Hulk changing at will or whatever it was. If she changed, that kind of broke the curse, I think. Gotcha. Gotcha. So do we want to talk about the one, uh, <laughs> I guess, the, the one character who was kind of left out of all promotion, but we knew would be coming back? Uh, yeah. Um, Superman. 
Yeah, Superman Returns. Yeah, he did, and returned in a very interesting and uh, morbid and kind of almost creepy way. Yeah. Oh, man. I so, so, so did not like how they brought him back. I thought for sure we were going to see a black suit Superman, which... Seems like there were photos or something, or maybe have just been costume fitting before, but they showed like the black suit on him. Yeah, I thought they had point. too. I thought and they I, had I, too. Yeah, I, I think he tweeted, even tweeted the black suit pictures or something. He may not have been in it, but it did show the black suit. So maybe at some point they wrote that out, but man, I was so expecting that and they could have did it. It would have been awesome. I don't know how I feel about the way they brought him back. Because, you know, because it made no sense in the context of the last movie of where the ground kind of moves when he's in the Exactly. Grave. Exactly. So they use this harebrained scheme cooked up by by uh, your favorite Lex Luthor in the last movie to bring Zod back as a, a uh, as abomination. Was it what's the guy? Not abomination. Mm-hmm. Was it? Uh, as Doomsday. Yeah. Doomsday. Yeah, they 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 bring him back the same, almost the same way they brought back Doomsday, which I thought was just dumb. Yeah, I mean, it I didn't I did not like how they brought him back at all, man. I would have much 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 rather have seen where they're talking. I you know I'm just sitting here envisioning it. I wish that they would have had a had a um, run in with with Steppenwolf, and he you know kind of like. Uh, hand it back to them, so to speak. And so they're like, you know, they're kind of, I wouldn't even have minded them being a little bit despondent as, you know, oh crap, what are we going to do? And then they show, you know, this cemetery in Smallville and you see where the ground has been, uh, you know, broken up and, yeah. or whatever. And then, you know, here comes, even if it's not in a black suit, even if it's just in tattered clothes or whatever, but here comes, you know, the, and I'm not saying resurrected Clark, Clark, the, the healed Clark Kent. Well, well, let's, let's, let's take that resurrected thing for a minute. You know, uh, of course, Zyat, uh, Snyder actually played on those religious sensibilities a bit in the last movie, Batman v Superman, of how he had this godlike stature. You know, they showed the picture of him saving the people coming down and people just reaching their hands out at him, you know, showing this godlike stature, stature, you know. For them to do that in this movie wouldn't have been out of line. We've seen that. We've seen that in Chronicles of Narnia. Come on. So the fact that they didn't take that opportunity to show him, you know, while the Justice League was in dire straits, you know, about to be overrun by Stephen Wolf. Why did they not just take that opportunity to show Superman coming back, you know, resurrected in a sense? And, you know, again, we're not playing that directly up against the religious sensibilities, but it is directly in line with that in a lot of ways. And, you know, I I think it was kind of a missed opportunity. Yeah. And, and, you know, they they even referred directly to the religious uh, aspects or not necessarily religious, but the questions of what happens to someone after, you know, they they die. And would would bringing him back be Clark and yeah, Zombie Clark? That was Zombie Clark. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, the the Walking Super. That's another or, reason I didn't like the way they brought him back. It was 
it missed opportunity. Well, uh, you know, they there was just so I I just didn't like the idea of the Justice League going to a cemetery and basically <laughs> digging somebody up yeah. and then taking the casket somewhere. And then they show you opening the casket and taking out this body and putting it in this fluid. And then bum, 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 yeah. up, up and away. You know what? That, that almost sounds like it could have been something that maybe Snyder did and that they did, just didn't have time enough to reverse. Cause it seems like Whedon would come in and be like, Oh no, nah, this is not how this should go and change it. But I don't know, because because if you think about those scenes, those are some very um, high budget, almost borderline edgy, controversial. Well, no, I was going to say high budget, high budget. Ah, cause, true. Cause yeah, there's a lot of CG going on in those few scenes uh, where they actually try to resurrect them. And I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think there was just the wrong way to go in this movie. Probably the thing I hated, I, I, I didn't, I disliked most about the movie was how they brought Superman back. Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I'm even going to go so far in a positive direction and say I didn't dislike it, but it did make me on some level uncomfortable. And I know I've said this again, I mean before, and I'm about to say it, say it again. It just felt weird to see heroes digging up another <laughs> hero. Well, he's just, see, he decay, his decay rate is a lot slower than, than, uh, than the, the normal person. Yeah. He's a Kryptonian. Okay. Yeah. All right. But still, <laughs> it just seemed a little creepy. Yeah. All right. So we ultimately see, um, Steppenwolf get defeated and, you know, it's all of them obviously working together to accomplish that. Um, did you find the end satisfying, un- underwhelming, okay? Uh, I, what did you think? I think the best thing they did with the ending, although I admittedly it was sloppy at times, but to me the best thing they did with the ending is showed the team, showed the league. It showed them working together to not only defeat the enemy, but help people that are in the direct uh, blast zone or, or circumference of what the enemy is doing. You know, in the midst of this battle, we see where uh, Superman has come and, you know, they have a chance to, you know, for once and once and all take out the enemy. But, you know, soups gets wind that there's people in danger and he's off to help them, you know, very much awesome to the character of Superman. That's what he would do because he's all about the people first and foremost. And probably one of my favorite scenes of, of the movie is when um, he and Flash are going to rescue these people. And, you know, Flash takes a truck. He pushes a truck out of the danger zone and soups like grabs a whole building, which I thought was just like one of the funniest things I've seen in a while. And, you know, again, bringing the funny in his movie. But again, like I like how each of them had a job to do in the final act, you know, uh, um, um, Victor was very much trying to separate the mother box and soup helps, helps with that a bit at the end, but everybody kind of had their own thing. Um, Batman was kind of leading the, um, what are the bug like creatures away? Parademons. Parademons. And 
you know, and of, of course, Wonder Woman in, in, uh, is kicking tail, and her and Aquaman trying to keep Stephen Wolf busy while while um while while Cyborg was trying to separate the mother box. So each of them had a job to do, and that's one of the things I think they did really, really well in this last act. Yeah, I agree. I I I agree, I agree in the fact of each of them had their own thing to do. But I also agree that some of the fighting, and I don't know if you, you said this now, or if you said this, you know, earlier in the podcast, but, or in the episode, but I didn't like some of the ultra over heavy CGI effects yeah. that, that they had. But, you know, I, I left with a feeling of satisfaction when the movie you know, concluded and it started going to credits. I was, you know, like <laughs> not, not disappointed. I enjoyed the entire movie. Yeah. We got that age old question of uh, who would win. Or, uh, well, we, they started to answer the age old question. I guess we don't know the answer uh, of a race between soups and, um, and the flash, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Which is really cool. Cause they've done that. Many times, I think the first time it was done was back in the fifties or sixties, but they've had, you know, like Flash and they even did that in the Supergirl Flash crossover when Flash first met Supergirl, uh, last season. They had, uh, or it may have been the season before that, whichever her first season on the CW, it, uh, which, yeah, which was last season, uh, they did the, you know, yeah, the Flash and Supergirl running. I remember so that, that was kind of cool. I want to say they did that in Smallville too, because wasn't Flash on Smallville? For yeah, the they did, and I'm sure. Yep, and I'm sure that you're right. I I think they did that there too. Yeah, yeah, that was real cool. So, if you had to rate uh, the movie on a scale of one to five, what would you give it? You know, a fun factor. If you have any connection with these characters, go in with an open open mind. I think you're going to have fun. So I, I would give it maybe a, on a scale of one to five, I would give it a 3.8. Okay. There. Yeah. 3.7, uh, right. 3.8. All right. So, all right. So if I were to answer that same question and considering my disdain for its predecessor before Wonder Woman, I'm going to mirror what you said and give it for the fun factor and for the fact that I could go away from this watching the movie in its entirety, watching of, of the movie, going away and saying nothing negative about it, I'm going to give it a 3.8 as well. Awesome sauce. Awesome. So before we wrap, I just want to ask you. You know, we've already said Batman meets Superman. You know, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a clunker. What do we think about the formation of the DCU? What, what, how are we feeling about these movies not only taking on, taking on their own merits, but kind of as a whole? Are things starting to come together and starting to gel? Uh, or are we still kind of just trying to fill our way out so far? Very good question. And I will say, that the Justice League gave me hope that what you were saying may be true, considering, you know, the way Wonder Woman was, considering how, you know, regardless of Rotten Tomatoes giving it a low 41 rating and uh, regardless of it not making but 90, I think, three, uh, 93.8 in opening weekend, 
you know, under um, 100 million, even with those things aside, I was like, okay, well, maybe they finally got on the right direction. And then we stayed until the end of the credits. You're staying and positive, man. We're staying no, positive. I said, I, no, 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 no. I specifically said throughout the review of the movie, I was going to say stay positive. The closing uh, scene after the movie is not part of the movie. The movie had ended. So you have no uh, reason to dislike that scene, man. Oh, absolutely. I do. There is no reason. Why are you? We talked about this on our geeks driving in cars episode one, which is currently on YouTube. Yeah. But see, Jesse Eisenberg had been cut from the freaking movie and then he's back in. He got cut to the extra credits at the end. Okay. And the extra credit at the end was absolutely 100% zero, uh, uh, out of out of one thousand, he gets a zero out of one thousand because Jesse Eisenberg should not be able. To, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. Jesse Eisenberg should not even be able to utter the words uh, Lex Luthor. What is it? Did you have against Jesse Eisenberg? I feel like he it's is. Personal. He is. I feel like this crap. Is he what did is he do to you? <laughs> he is absolute crap as Lex Luthor. I don't. Know. I think I think he's okay. He did not do that little laughing smirk. I'm Lex. I guess he did. He didn't he do that in that clip. Did. He, he absolutely did. did. <laughs> he did because he said, "And God has arisen from whatever." <laughs> yeah, he absolutely did. You know, he absolutely did. How about I just do the rest of this uh, review as Lex Luthor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, it was so bad that after I saw him, I wanted to get up and walk out of the theater. <laughs> Which we did because it was time. Which we go. did. So it was the end, thankfully. But seriously, I, I mean, as much as I like that movie, that last section, knowing that he is potentially in another Justice League movie, kind of, it was like whatever positivity that that movie brought, he took absolutely 100% away from the movie. It was all a setup for the next Batman movie, which we probably will see him briefly in the next Batman movie. I will say, cause it looks like he's, he's taking charge of Deathstroke in some sense. Okay. Well, I can say that my positivity lasted for, uh, until I saw him as Lex Luthor again. Cause I was like, maybe, uh, that, you know, maybe getting rid of Zack Snyder, which it doesn't look like they really have. And, Maybe getting well, rid of Eisenberg, which it doesn't look like they have. Well, that, that's that. Well, that's a good question. We know that Snyder stepped out prematurely before the film was finished. Whedon came in. Is he back on board, or is he gone for good? Do we know the answer to that? Well, if if DC has any wits about them. <laughs> Uh, cut cut your losses, get rid of Eisenberg, get rid of uh, Zack Snyder, and then maybe oh. you can make uh, some good movies. Because okay. I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm looking at the uh, IMD filmography for And it's Zack not true. Snyder. That's why. Uh, yeah, exactly. So and he's, here we go. He's Got- in the next movie. Trust Got- me, I know. Gotham City Sirens producer announced Deadshot producer announced untitled dc comics film announced as producer aquaman executive producer wonder woman 2 producer 
another DC film producer, Suicide Squad 2 producer, Flashpoint executive producer. Uh, but I don't see him attached as director on any of these. Okay, well, here's the deal. He can produce himself into infinity if he wants to. <laughs> he just needs to go away from DC property. Yeah, well, he's actually producer on Wonder Woman, so hey. Okay, well, you know, he can, pro- <laughs> he can produce, produce as far as I'm concerned. But Eisenberg needs to go back to the social network or whatever it was that he was on before. I did not have any dislike for him as an actor before Lex Luthor, but I promise you, I dislike him to the nth degree yeah. as Lex Luthor. He just, he, he is t- horrendous. As dude, Lex Luthor, not that bad, dude. He is, he is, one hundred percent rotten tomatoes, zero percent, or whatever it's supposed to be. I, I, I know I sound like I'm on a rant. Cal, you but just hate liking things. That's all it no, is. No, 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 no. I liked the movie until I saw Eisenberg. Okay, guys, this has been a disgusting review. <laughs> Uh, hello. It, you know, it, it, it's like since you just did that, it's like I wanted to get out my recorder. Oh, God. All right, guys. Uh, you can find out more about us at discussingwho.com. Please subscribe to the podcast. The single best thing you do for the podcast is subscribe. Make sure you don't miss an episode. We're pretty much discussing who on all of the various social medias, as it were. Cal. Hey, I've got one more thing. How, do you mind? Go for it. So if anybody is listening and who wants to be on Clarence's side and uh, be forgiving of Eisenberg, give us a uh, feedback. And you can do that by sending the feedback to um, discussing who at Gmail dot com. You can record a voice clip. Send that to us. You can also leave us a voicemail at um, let's see, eight five Z. I can't remember. He's totally messed up my brain to uh, remember the number. 850-D-WHO. D-WHO. There you go. And you can also send us a voice clip on uh, Facebook. Just upload it to us and send it to a message on Facebook. We're uh, at facebook.com backslash discussing who. And you can also send us a voice clip uh, to any of those if you happen to agree with me and agree with the fact that Eisenberg is horrible at being Lex Luthor. So, Clarence, my friend, what else might you be working on? Yeah, I have another podcast called Techpedition. That's T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com. And we have a new episode episode coming out pretty soon. It's been recorded, but I'm in the midst of producing it. It should come out in the next few days. You can find out more about that at techpedition.com. And it seems like, if I remember correctly, that uh, the Discussing Who team, which, of course, you're included, kind of just warped over and uh, transported over to the STD podcast, the Star Trek Discovery podcast. Is that not correct? Yeah, yeah. We have a recent episode that came out yesterday that is all about our review here on Discussing Who of Star Trek Beyond. You know, that's actually just a rebroadcast we did on the STD podcast feed. And you can check that out at stdpodcast.com. All right, so before you go and, and, and c- 
completely off on a side note, completely uh, nothing to do with Justice League. When you listen to this episode, so um, the episode that we took this from was episode 13 of Discussing Who, and it's been a while, it's been over a year since we recorded that. Did you remember it? Did it sound like it was other people talking? Did you remember the conversation as you were listening to it? So just out of curiosity. Um, yeah, I mean, it came back to me, uh, as, um, as I listened, you know, uh, it didn't seem like it was foreign or anything. If that's what you're asking, um, it very much, um, was, uh, familiar and, and it was fun to actually go back and, you know, see these thoughts we had before we even, before I even knew that I'd be doing the Star Trek podcast, you know, well over a year before we, I even had it in my mind of doing the podcast, but yeah, it was a lot of fun going back and, you know, looking at the news we talked about, about Star Trek at the time. As well as, you know, our review of Star Trek Beyond, I thought it was really interesting and always fun to, to go back and listen to you guys, uh, uh, talk about that movie. I thought it was really great. Yeah, that was, that was fun. I listened to it on my way to work this morning after you had uploaded it. And I, I kind of echo your sentiments that it was just interesting and fun just to, you know, kind of, not remember it at first and then you start listening to it and it's like oh yeah yeah and it kind of takes you back and um you know kind of reminds you so cool cool deal cool deal well for anyone listening thank you for spending your time with us tonight as we or this morning or whenever you might have been listening talking about justice league thank you for listening to me as i ranted on about eisenberg that was fun (laughs) um and, you know, in closing, I will say the guy's a good actor. He just was given a script and a direction from a very bad director. So I'll leave it at that. So and we will be back next time. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. 
Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.